0: Welcome to the Punk and Drivers Podcast, here on the Backbreaker Media Network. And now your host, Big Bad Boris.
1: Currently in your ear holes is the new episode of the Punk and Drivers Podcast on the Backbreaker Podcast Network. My name is Big Bad Boris, and this week I'm joined by my, my new employer, so to speak, uh, the proprietor of Love Wrestling and the promoter of Love Pro Wrestling, Mr. Spencer Love. Spencer, I know you just got finished doing the uh, the Tuesday uh, uh, Save On Food Shop and you just threw your stuff in the fridge. So thank you for hopping on right away and, and having a chat with me. Dude,
0: anytime, especially, you know, it's nice when I get to have a conversation with a friend and save some, uh, save some cheddar biscuits. As I believe the kids are saying nowadays, I'm not cool. So take that for what that's worth, but yeah, man, happy to hop on. You know, the only way you could have made this better is calling it the punk pile drivers and beers podcast, but Hey, you know, I've improvised. I've sort of made it my own punk pile drivers and beer podcast for today. So dude, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. What's your, what's your chat? What's the beer of choice? So ironically enough, we were chatting before we started on like my shoot job and that sort of stuff. I work for the Sherwood Park Crusaders and uh, we've had a partnership with Alley Cat for about the last two years now where uh, they'll do custom cans for every AJHL team. Uh-huh. So what I'm currently drinking is um, uh, a Scona gold, but it's a crew brew. It's custom wrapped with like a Sherwood Park Crusaders logo, all of that sort of stuff. So of course, I'm going to refer to it as a crew brew throughout. But if you're looking for it, Scona Gold, in uh, in most of your local liquor stores. They do great, uh, great stuff. Right on. Now I'm, I'm
1: curious as to what, uh, I, I assume, and maybe this is wrong, but maybe I'm, I'm being, uh, I'm judging a book by its cover, but I assume that you eat healthy. What did you buy at the, at the Savon? I'm assuming it's lots of vegetables and, and, and stuff like that. Am I wrong?
0: You know what? You're not wrong now. (laughs) I would say up until about six, seven months ago, I wasn't maybe the best eater, but uh, I've started like, you know, proverbial new year's resolutions and rah, rah, rah. I've started going to the gym more, eating healthy, doing meal prep, all of that sort of stuff. So like a lot of lean meats, lots of veggies. And like, admittedly, my vice is like the save on foods, like 12 pack of baked cookies. So I ended up getting me a couple of those. You're saving 15%. You might as well get a couple of boxes, right? Right. Treat yourself. Right? <laughs> Treat yourself. Yeah, you betcha, man. I'll, I'll completely take it. Me had great taste. But punk pile drivers in parks and rec. I've never seen that show. I'm more of an oh, office man. guy myself ah completely fair six of one half dozen of the other right they're both
1: popular nbc shows all right let's talk (laughs) about the professional wrestling i don't know a lot about you but i have a feeling that we have a lot in common i want you to tell me when you got bit by the bug how old are you if i may ask i assume you're quite a bit younger than me but i also might be wrong on that too
0: I turned 30 on March 20th. Fun fact, my birthday buddy is one Steve Borden, also known as Sting. Uh Um, But to be honest with you, Boris, like my first real love of professional wrestling came through the PWA. When I was a kid, like I I didn't watch a ton of pro wrestling really the only opportunities I had to watch it were like Tuesdays and Thursdays. I used to go to my grandma's place for lunch, and it just happened to be what was on the SmackDown highlights were like 30 to 12:30 or whatever it was. So that was really all I got. Like the first memory I've got was like Brock Lesnar and Big Show Bust in the Ring. But oh, okay. that was like a very fleeting, sporadic memory, I guess. Uh, the first show that I ever went out to, and quite literally, man, I went on a lark because like I'm very much the belief like why not try something for lack of a better way to put it Mm -hmm. so i I went out to the casino and this was probably three or four weeks before the show itself and saw a poster for the pwa i can't remember if it was the 10th or the 11th anniversary show but at the century Mm -hmm. uh so i figure why not go to be honest with you i asked a couple friends and their entire reaction man i shit you not was like why the hell would you go to a pro wrestling show so i stopped asking my friends and i went by myself and like i've told this story a million times but like you know, when you get the opportunity on your first pro wrestling card to see like Casey Spinelli and Chucky Blaze and Randy Myers and to Neil Dashwood and Taya Valkyrie and names like that, like how can you not fall in love with it? Right. So um, I really started going to independent shows sporadically from that point. The first WWE pay-per-view I ended up watching was, again, quite literally on a lark. My Two of my three younger brothers, I should say, uh, were professional wrestling fans at, like, the quote-unquote major league level. They'd watch regularly far before I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember the first, like, pay-per-view match I watched was, like, that Sting and Seth Rollins atrocity, ironically enough. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I know. But I ended up continuing watching just because, you know, you have fun sitting and watching with your brothers and, and shooting the shit. So from there, you know, kept going up to shows in about 2017 is when I sort of got involved in pro wrestling in like the most outside possible way is like a dude I worked with with the Sherwood Park Crusaders, a volunteer of ours, started a site called Wind Column Sports and asked me to do monthly pay-per-view previews. And from there it started independent review, yada, yada, freaking yada. So as far as a fan goes, uh, fundamentally, the PWA is the reason that I am a professional wrestling fan now. What was the main event of that show? Do you remember? Not on hand.
1: Mem- My memory is just horrible. Like I like MRB is really good for that. I can be. I can go and say I'm trying to find a this match. The so and so works so and so, and he's like, "Oh, well, that happened at." Uh- Night of Champions 2012. I can't honestly. It, I
0: bet so. you after this gets yeah after this gets released, I bet both of us are going to get a message. To be honest with yeah. you, no. Uh, I remember Randy Myers worked Jack Sloan in a ladder match. There was a four way like the three women I mentioned earlier, and uh, Veronica Vice I think was the fourth in that okay. four ways. So again, it, it was the 10th or the 11th anniversary. I can't remember exactly which. Um, but yeah, man, like like I said, when you're talking about individuals like that, how how can you not right? I didn't notice it till MRB
1: uh, pointed it out to me. How much does T-Bone look like Killer Cross
0: in the face? It's almost <laughs> uncanny. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to go back and watch like an episode of World of Hurt, and that's going to be all I'm able to see at this point.
1: <laughs> like it's almost freakishly uh, a, 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 a resemblance. So, so you are the proprietor of a, a rather substantial media network, uh, Love Wrestling, and... Um, as I've gotten more involved with your promotion, I've started to take a look at, at the things that Love Wrestling does. And you guys have stuff
0: going on all the time. How did that all start? So I mentioned Win Column Sports earlier. And for both better and for worse, in a lot of ways, we were strictly focused on Edmonton, Alberta. Now, of course, I love the Edmonton pro wrestling scene. I don't think I need to tell you that. But like in some ways, I found it fairly limiting to focus strictly on the area around us. Um, The perfect example I've got is when I started doing some more work for MLW, I got the opportunity to interview Mance Warner. I love Manse. How the hell was I going to tie him back to focusing on on Edmonton, Alberta? That was the modus operandi of the WCSN. Mm -hmm. And I'm firmly, again, like of the opinion that uh, whether it's for good reason or not in anyone's belief, once you start to affect a brand or once you start to lose that consistency, then uh, you lose a little bit, whether, again, it's for good intention or not. Um a couple reasons sort of led me to shutting that down and I think it was June of 2020 somewhere around there. Um but immediately I started thinking like how am I going to get back in? I I love professional wrestling. I want to be involved in it. How can I get involved in it? So as as general as it sounds, my entire idea was the internet can be a cesspool whether you're talking about wrestling twitter whether you're talking about like big brother twitter which is as weird as it, that sounds i know exists. anything anything exactly I mean, Any anything fandom, has... anything yeah you're right so so my overarching is optimistic as it might sound like my focus was i want to go out there yes there's certainly negative stuff in the in, in industry you can't avoid the negativity in it entirely but our goal is love wrestling is to go out out there and focus on the positives and even when we disagree with things we're going to leave a conversation feeling great about professional wrestling loving professional wrestling again being friends at the end of the day because like you know pro wrestling is a very serious thing in a lot of ways but it's a very goofy thing in a lot of ways let's just be honest and nobody should be like upset or frustrated like you notice it with this whole quote unquote war going on with AEW and WWE and um I've never understood why people need to feel so entrenched and feel so overtly negative towards other people. When at the end of the day, we're talking about a sport, we're talking about entertainment, talking about something subjective. Most importantly, and there's no need to get so negative about yeah, it. Yeah, so, uh,
1: I've I've realized over the last number of years that I've been just as guilty as anyone of, of at times taking it very too seriously um oh dude we've all I, had those I, moments as i joke around with some other guys at work it's it's sweaty guys in tights pretending to fight but god <laughs> but you know what Goddamn, i do love it
0: <laughs> and that's exactly it like you can be perfectly reasonable in having a discussion about things all of this mudslinging and all this frankly bs that a lot of people throw out there when it comes to you know like you put it sweaty guys in tights fighting I, i've never understood that So anything that we do on Love Wrestling, there are only really two rules that we've got for content. At the the end of the day, it's got to focus on the positive of things. If you don't like something, I don't want anybody to bullshit and say that, oh, I loved this. This was fantastic. You can respectfully disagree with people. But at the end of the day, any conversation or any show that we put on on Love Wrestling definitely skews toward the positive. And like as cliche as it sounds, man, but the only other rule we've got is like no isms, ists, or obics. Like we're all at the end of the day here. Uh, Professional wrestling is for everybody, for lack of a better way to put it i know that's a phrase that i certainly didn't coin but um everybody has the right to be involved in professional wrestling and the last thing anybody on love wrestling wants to do is is make anyone uncomfortable with it right so and that's, that's something- it that's all sorry to cut you
1: off but that's something that i've mentioned a bunch of times on the podcast is um over the last number of years how much the majority of our industry has changed in terms of how it views women and how its views you know the lgbtq community and stuff like that like you know, 10 years ago, you know, somebody like Effie would be, would, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't be able to get bookings. He'd be mercilessly, you know, the crowds would be merciless. And now, you know, he's an icon. And I think it just shows for the most part, I'm not saying as a whole, but as a most part, I think that we've, we've as a, as a, as an art form or whatever you want to say, we've grown a lot.
0: I completely agree. And I'm very lucky again for better or for worse that maybe I wasn't a wrestling fan until um that started to become more of the norm rather than the exception um but I think we're very lucky whether you're looking at Effie whether you're looking at ravenous Randy Myers whether you're looking at the multitude of individuals on on the binary spectrum right like it's very cool to me that we've got a list of top 200 LGBTQ2IA plus wrestlers that is filled with 200 qualified incredible for professional wrestlers, right? Like, um, you know, I can't sum it up any better than professional wrestlings for everybody. And I think more and more every day, every minute that's getting reinforced and that's fantastic.
1: Now, the, the other thing that I think is interesting is to do the things that you do over on your, your, your YouTube channel and your Twitch channel and your whole kind of platform, your media empire, if you will, there's a lot of (laughs) tech. There's a lot of tech that goes into that. And I know like when I, when I was, you know, I was with PWA in a management role, you know, with, with Tex Gaines, and then he got injured, and they never really put with anybody else. And, and my, sh- you know, focus shifted more towards behind-the-scenes stuff. And I taught myself Photoshop to make posters. They weren't great, but somebody needed to do it, so I did it. And I taught myself how to, how to video edit so I could do the shows, and I, I kind of carved my little home in PWA after my on screen to, to do the behind the scenes stuff. Did you have any known, did you do that in school or did you kind of teach yourself all this
0: tech stuff? Cause you guys- you know, man, you, you said it off the bat that we got a lot in common, like anything that I've done, I've, I've taught myself, but when it comes to the graphics, when it comes to anything like that, like, Uh, god help me if we didn't have zach ralph because he's the guy who does all of our posters i'm sure you met him at one of the first shows that we did with lpw he's out from montreal and just not only a fantastic individual but man if if you're looking for a graphic designer he is the first guy i'm ever going to recommend yeah punk rock music great oh yeah and that's that's all him you know the 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 stuff that i do is very basic i can remove the background from a png man and like (laughs) you know that's about it and you know you you can you can make a living doing that if you find the right individuals to pay you. Um, the, the video editing, that sort of stuff. Again, I, I've got a very basic knowledge. Like, yeah, I cut all the matches and that sort of stuff that we put out for LPW. But, you know, we're we're using three cameras. I'm very basic in the edits that I do do. It's not like um, it's not like I'm producer extraordinaire. Everything I did, I taught myself. But I also am the first to admit that, like, it is about the most basic level of stuff that uh, that I do know how to do, you know? I can't tell you how many times when
1: I was editing or like learning how to edit or Photoshop the way, and I think I've mentioned this before and I, I couldn't figure out how to do something. I would search it on YouTube and find the shortest video, the shortest, video, the shortest, there'd be one video. How, how can I do this? And the video would be 13 minutes long or the video would be two minutes long. And you go to the two minute long video, it's click here, click here, click here, cabango, cabango, and I'm done.
0: Exactly, man. Exactly. The nice thing is is on YouTube now too, if you uh or Google, excuse me, if you uh Google, you know, how to you know cut the background out of a PNG, it'll find the most relevant video and then it'll like go to the timestamp of where the actual instructional part starts. Technology, man, it's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know how I did high school without the internet. I don't know how I did high school with the internet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Now the thing that I don't know anything about, and to me it's just magic, is, is... Is the online streaming? I don't know how you you sit on your computer and you have this fancy Twitch stream that's live and it's got all these fancy graphics. I know literally nothing about that. I would love to have my own Twitch channel where I could do you know a show and just talk shit or talk whatever. But I just I don't have the equipment and I don't know how to do it. Is it difficult? I've got a friend at, at work. Sorry to cut you off there. I've got a friend at work who's a video game twitch streamer and he talks you know a lot about the equipment stuff that he has and and it's
0: to me it's magic <laughs> yeah i run with a very basic setup and to be honest with you we we run through a program called Streamyard that makes it very sort of cut and paste in the best possible way any of the video intros any of that sort of stuff basically we'll cut first we upload to Streamyard, and then it's plug and play it's as easy as possible on that end so uh you know when you talk about the magic of it it's a lot in the way that sometimes when the magic's revealed it it isn't as good as it looks or as good as it sounds uh so that's certainly the case shout out to Streamyard because uh they make us look great that being said i'm very lucky you know i'm i'm very much of the belief that if you surround yourself with people who are better than you at what they do Mm -hmm. you're only going to benefit you know the first thing i ever said that i would do when i started a business was hire an accountant admittedly i lied with that the first thing i did was hire a graphic designer but accountant was second um it, it's incredible what you can sort of do on that end when you've got people like Zach, when you've got a Josh Robinson, when you've got the guys from like Turnbuckle Talk, and any of the multitudes of individuals that you know were streaming before me or had some insight into the technology side of things. I run with a very, very basic setup, but I can certainly tell you'd be a lot less basic or a lot more basic, excuse me, with uh, without their advice. Right? Is it is it lucrative? Is there money to be made? <laughs> course, it's no, like I, I, anything in independent wrestling. I
1: was, was going to say, I know there's literally, there's <laughs> no money in independent
0: wrestling or else we'd all be rich right now, right? Exactly, right. You know, it's, if, if you do things well, yes, and we're starting to get to the point where, where, you know, we're able to give some back to our employees and our contributors and anyone in between, but um, I certainly wouldn't say it's lucrative until you get to the level of like your major, major, major streamers, at least on Twitch. So that's why you still have a shoot job. Oh, big time! I really love my job, but uh, let me tell you, if I could stay at home and stream all day and play Oregon Trail for a couple hours, because like again, it's a Twitch stream—do as you want with it. So I've I've hopped on and played some Oregon Trail. I've got a new version of it though; it's much more difficult than what you and I would have played. I don't know what the hell Oregon Trail even is, to be honest. Oh, we're gonna have to good, have a good discussion after that because I'll take up the uh, I'll take up the full forty minutes of the Zoom talk here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to. Uh, so, for those of you who may be listening to this uh, podcast for the first time, uh, one of the things I love besides professional wrestling is music. Uh, this podcast originally started, it was just going to be me kind of talking about what's going on in wrestling and playing uh, music that I like. I'm a big punk rock fan, that's where the name came from. And it kind of morphed into me having friends and people on that I would talk about wrestling with. And I would also have them pick a couple of songs for them to play any genre, any artist, and talk about the songs that I like. So you have given me a couple of awesome songs. So we're going to go to your first song right now. It is a descendant song. Uh, tell me what it is and why you picked it.
0: Queen Sheets by The Descendants. Um, I was very lucky to see The Descendants. I think it was 2017. Frank, I'm almost coming up on the anniversary of that, to be honest. So one fun fact, I collect set lists like straight up from the stages when I get them. So I've got it hanging in my office here. Um, but I just can't see the date. But either way, so I went and saw The Descendants. I was very Which much a fan heading into that concert. Clean Sheets. No, you gave me sour grapes, bro. Oh, shoot. Well, then, fine. <laughs> we'll, edit this. we'll edit this out in post. No, we, no, we won't. <laughs> Warts it all. Oh, off. well. I, wasn't don't for to, mistakes, I don't know how to do that. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, well, if it wasn't for mistakes, I wouldn't be alive. I know you've heard me say that before. Sour grapes. There we go. So, you know, similar stories, actually, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so I went and saw The Descendants. I was very much a fan. Milo Goes to College has been one of my favorite albums since high school, but I never really like dove into them until I started getting prepped for the concert and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I hadn't listened to any like sour grapes or anything like that. And let me tell you, that was one of those things that just sort of blew me away. I was standing at the front row at Union Hall guy besides me guy beside me has the microphone like your perfect punk rock environment man so mm. uh yeah sour grapes and i do think that uh in the overall you know what what am i looking for or not genre the overall catalog there we go of uh, the descendants sometimes gets overlooked and i like uh i like giving highlights to things that i think are overlooked every so often you like the, the deep tracks so to speak you betcha all right, you betcha.
1: So this is Sour Grapes. This is The Descendants on the Pocket and Pound Drivers podcast.
2: Hi, I, I was just noticing uh, across the room. That's a really nice, pretty dress. Wow, I saw you smiling. Uh, geez. I've never seen you before. I was wondering, you know, if you like, you know. Oh no. Okay. Well, uh, never mind. See you later. Hey, you new wave. Come over here. You're the pretty. Does. So i Well, I refuse to climb the ladder for you. So I'm no, I refuse to bend for you. So i I need love, don't need no beauty queen. So I'm but still, when I look at you...
1: That is the Descendants on the Punk and potter's podcast. My name is Big Bad Boris. I'm joined by Mr. Spencer Love. And Spencer, let's get to the meat of the order here. When did you decide in your insanity uh, that
0: you wanted to start your own promotion? <laughs> um, there, there have certainly been a couple of different times that I've thought about it, to be blunt with it. Um, it's always been a dream to run a show. You know, I think anybody who's a professional wrestling fan, you know, you book your dream matches, you book your dream cards, yada, yada, yada. Um, but for a lot of the time, that's sort of a pipe dream. I'm, I'm very lucky that um, I sort of was instilled from a young age that like you, you've only got a limited time on this planet, for lack of a better way to put it for us. And you might as well chase whatever dumb shit you want to do. Uh, to quote the great Jeremy Lambert of Fightful.com, I just want to do dope shit with my friends. And professional wrestling has allowed me to do a lot of that um so there have been a couple of attempts to be honest to try and run just individual shows but you run into your basic hassles of where do you get a ring what venue are we going to use you know and you get roadblocked at sort of the first step so you figure well why aim for step two three and four Uh, uh even before that it was probably about june of 2021 uh where i started to sort of get the itch again and I was very lucky to work with some great people on our very first show that we ran through love wrestling, uh, and Force pro wrestling changed the game. I'm very, very proud of that show, but there were a couple of things that I certainly wanted to do. And certainly, um, certainly wanted to try, um, including running like my own show for lack of a better way to put it. Um, so I started game plan and we started figuring out and, uh, We were lucky enough to, again, work with the rec room through, I guess it's going to be October 2022 at the very, very least. Um, But we started working with them to sort of secure a contract with them before uh, change the game. Um, Yada, yada, yada. We end up getting to December. And uh, long story short, a couple of things fall through and I end up having to buy a ring, all of that sort of stuff. To be honest with you, Boris, the the best way I can put it is – I've I've always been of the belief, like I said, to try and do cool things with my friends, but also try and push and do more and more and more and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Sort of what I did with the WCSN. You know, I mentioned earlier I started doing it, writing like literally once a month WWE previews for their pay-per-views. And that for better or for worse spiraled into me doing you know, previews, reviews, breaking news, and interviews. I like to coin it with uh, every independent promotion here in Alberta. um, Certainly all unsolicited, but certainly all stuff that I love to do. Um, The more you can do, the better you can do. Why not continue to pursue some dreams? So um, to be honest, starting a promotion sort of fell into it. So the first show that you ran,
1: kind of on your own, the first one changed the game, was kind of a joint venture between uh, you and Force Pro. The uh, the first one you kind of ran on your own was uh, let's see, i see, mean, what the hell is the name of that show? Because I'm totally drawing a blank now.
0: LPW two don't want to grow up. Don't want to grow up. Now March 25th, 2022. <laughs> what were some of the
1: the roadblocks that you didn't expect? In terms of trying to put a show on because I've often also thought about it'd be kind of fun to put on a show. I would never attempt it because I I just I just don't think I have the patience without losing my mind. Um, What were some of the roadblocks and things that you didn't expect that got in the way or made things a little bit more challenging than you thought they
0: would be? You know, as silly as it sounds, Boris, but like a lot of first level stuff, um, you know, trying to book the biggest differences that I found is obviously going in to change the game. I I thought it was going to be a one-off show. You sort of reevaluate and go from there. Um, Planning a one-off show is basically, at least my opinion is, well, try and put on the best matches possible because you've only got one shot on it. You've only got one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. I didn't want to do that, but I started it. And I couldn't not finish it. Um, I hate Eminem, but I had to quote him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Going into LPW2 and knowing that we were contracted in until October, um, it sort of became about how do you book stories and how do you make things align show by show by show by show. So that sort of stuff, even just, you know, my ambition is sometimes greater than the sum of its parts. So trying not to get ahead of myself and trying not to, you know, hot isn't the right word but um trying to figure out how you build a full story how you not you know do x y and z to get there if that makes any sort of no, sense. no it does it's definitely other, th- a long con you know exactly the other thing to be honest that i never really figured into things um injuries like between you and i and whoever's listening to this podcast obviously uh in march we were supposed to have sean moore and artemis fencer wrestle which to me is still like a chef's kiss of a match yeah, like that's yeah. got to happen at some point yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and got, got hurt did he not exactly so very easy fix like obviously the both of the guys were great to deal with it's not anything on those two it's everything on me saying oh i never thought of this what the hell do i do you know what i mean um little stuff like that and little stuff that to be honest i think a lot of promoters or a lot of individuals would listen to and be like well that's grade one level stuff but uh Again, sometimes I cart horse the situation. I put the cart ahead of the horse and uh, don't think of the little stuff like that. So I'm very lucky again to be surrounded by great people like Thomas and Gavin and Thad and MRB and Ben. Like, I, I'm very, very lucky to be surrounded by those guys who have helped me since quite literally we started to plan for LPW2 and 3 and 4 and beyond. Um, and I'm very lucky to have them surrounding me now. And, and you know, it's just nice that that's been exacerbated by the 25 other people we've got now involved in LPW. What about in terms of
1: infrastructure, in terms of dealing with venues and, and, and getting advertising and getting the word out and that kind
0: of thing? Dude, shout out to the rec room. Like they've just been absolutely fantastic to deal with. I think that, you know, pro wrestling is certainly something for me, looking at it from a marketing perspective as you know, I'm prone to do. It's always going to raise some eyebrows and it's always going to pique some interest, whether or not people say, Oh, professional wrestling that's insane or oh professional wrestling that's awesome um people are going to listen i think when you mention professional wrestling so we're lucky thomas helped us out with the venue for the october show and they loved what we did so they were lucky enough or we were lucky enough excuse me that they offered us the opportunity to continue to be there um and they've just been great to work with since, whether it's getting into the venue the day before to get the ring set up so that our Fridays are purely for our talent to get there, focus on matches. And I think that promo photos, all that that's
1: sort. huge. If you're not spending your whole day getting the ring up and making sure everything's ready to go, that, you know, it's got more time for the guys
0: to get in, roll around, and plan things out. And I think that's awesome. I do too. And and we're very lucky that the rec room allows us that opportunity. They've been nothing but a dream to work with and a huge shout out to them. And as far as advertising, that sort of stuff, to be honest with you, Boris, it's it's certainly been different in a lot of ways. I don't know if I'd say more or less difficult, but it's certainly been different than I would expect. You know, again, coming from a very traditional quote unquote marketing background with hockey and corporate marketing going out there and trying to sell independent professional wrestling which in the most positive of ways is far from a corporate environment mm-hmm. um it's been a different sales job it's certainly been a unique sales job but i feel that as a promoter and uh as somebody trying to build a business not just a professional wrestling promotion like that's that's quite literally my job i, I am a promoter you know i don't want to be someone who uh for lack of a better way to put it rents a room and puts the ring up you know what i mean mm-hmm. I think that my job is to go out there to be promoting Canadian professional wrestling talent as we've done over the last little bit to be getting the name of love professional wrestling out there not just in Edmonton but beyond and uh, I was trying to find a better way to put it or or die trying yeah (laughs)
1: i think it's a it's an interesting venue too i would never would have thought that it it would work as well as it does but just the way the room is kind of layered i think it works really well and that uh and
0: i got the best seat in the house where, where the the kind of the commentary table is i'm right on top of it i love it i think it's so cool and you know it's kind of cool for me that like part of my job again as the promoter is run around and say hi to everybody and and make everyone feel as part of the family environment that we're really trying to build i know that's cliche but like it's so cool to me that we get so many new people coming out to every show and we've still got like 40 or 50 or 60 people that I can recognize on a casual business or basis, excuse me, and say hello to and greet by name and feel excited to see them again, not just for the first time. But again, as part of that, I get to run around the entire venue and I get to go to that upper level where, you know, you're not going to get many views. The only one I could really think of is festival hall and red deer that has even something remotely similar. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I I love every aspect of that venue to be honest. And Boris, like you said, um, I I thought it was going to be a great venue when we first got in there. They've blown my expectations out of the water to be quite honest with you.
1: How does it feel to be pulled in a thousand directions? Because- at, at the show last week, uh, I must have heard the term "Where Spencer" about a thousand times, and it's not that you were not doing your job. It's just literally everybody needed a piece of you. There was obviously some technical difficulties with the stream, but I must have heard "Where Spencer" about a thousand times, and uh, and you kept your 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 cool pretty well. I've Dude, I love with, it. I've worked with some other promoters, not mentioning any names, who can get a little hot head at a time.
0: <laughs>
2: I love it. You know
0: them. what? I Don't i I, and I love it though. You know, I am, uh, again, the comparison I've got with the Crusaders is I'm, I'm their game day coordinator as well. So, you know, I'm at the front lines of everything, whether it's ticketing, whether it's, uh, you know, we've got a fan experience or a puck drop or who's it's and what's it's galore. So like, I'm very used to that. And I love it because I think that anybody approaching things, um, for lack of a better way to put it, anybody approaching things with me at a professional wrestling show, whether it's technical difficulties, seating, whatever it might be, Um, all of them are bringing it up because they give a shit for lack of a better way. If they didn't care, they wouldn't mention it. Everybody coming to that rec room and everybody coming out for the last Friday of every month, uh, they're out there because, you know, this is half the reason I did it, but now it's getting cliche, but half the reason they come out is because they love pro wrestling. So why not try and make that experience as great as possible? You know, I know from a, a fan standpoint, uh, going out to some of the professional organizations throughout Canada, throughout many of the major four, uh, uh, sports leagues in North America, there's some great experiences and there's some terrible experiences. Yeah. And if we can make a difference for someone's night just by me going and wanting to, it's not as though it's a chore, but going up and, and having a conversation and making that person feel valued and making their experience a little bit more positive. Like again, that's that's my job. There are certainly some frustrations, and there, there are certainly, you know, it's not as though every conversation ends with a smile mm. and on on their face if I can't solve their problems, but um, that just that that comes with the territory and i'm i freaking love people man like you can't get involved in a marketing job or anything like that know, if you don't sure. to be quite honest with you so uh it's 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 certainly interesting <laughs> but uh it's it's part of the job and i quite love that part of the job to be honest so 40 minutes goes by fast right god forbid if you got to send me another zoom link man i'm fine i got nothing else to do tonight it's tuesday night it's not like i'm watching (laughs) 2.0 so now's the time for for the plugs now now the next
1: event is coming up and it's a big one it's going to have a hell of a main event uh the the what's it love pw or uh grand championship is it called i I forget because you said one thing you you said one thing and there was a different thing written on the poster i don't mean to call you out everybody no we fixed that
0: we fixed that though it's okay that was my that was my that was my frig up but it's gonna be michael richard
1: blaze and ravenous randy and and, uh travis in a ladder match and that is going to be an absolute barn burner that's the main event but that's not all
0: no that's not all folks but wait there's more (laughs) um not only do we have a ladder match for the lpw grand championship featuring three individuals that i think do represent our tagline of the best of the best above the 49th parallel we've got chelsea motherfucking green coming back excuse my language but that's that's her tagline i've got to do right by it we got chelsea green back in canada for the first time since before she signed with wwe her last match was in ontario 2018 with a name you'll know boris giselle shaw she'll be back facing kc angel face Spinelli in one of our co-main events we've also got taryn from accounting as announced today but as confirmed on friday april 29th terry king on nicole matthews defending her lpw challenge championship and boris when is this going to come out do you want a do you want an exclusive this is going to be released
1: on friday morning and if you want Excellent. to drop a bomb on me i got it because we'll me be Hiroshima.
0: releasing yeah we'll be a oh, whole tough is that we'll bad be, yeah is that bad well, no, is that too that, soon it's it's your pot. yeah too, too soon that's exactly what it is all right, um, all right so as we will be announcing on love wrestling social media where you can find us wherever podcasts are played and video is viewed at love wrestling ca for the first time ever defended in alberta we've got the pcw cruiserweight champion vaughn vertigo defending his title against the man of two minds jack pride that will be taking place in edmonton alberta may 27th at lpw4 let's talk about wrestling inspired by Lagwagon. we're talking about great pro wrestling we're talking about great punk rock let me tell you friends that is going to be yet another match that you don't want to miss as of this release of this podcast, we've only announced four matches. And uh, I selfishly think that any of those four matches will go up against any promotion anywhere. And that is not a slag at anyone. That is my full confidence in that those individuals are going to go out and deliver a hell of a match between all, Nine of them. I almost said eight. The latter match is a triple threat. <laughs> that is good. That's like so far,
1: that's an absolutely solid lineup. You're definitely going to want to get tickets or, or be there on the stream. If uh, you can't be there live, we've got under two minutes. Your second song you picked is by a band I love against me. We talked about the LGBTQ community and I've talked about this on the podcast before. I have a ton of respect for Laura Jane
0: Grace. You picked uh, don't lose touch by against me. Tell me why, tell me why, tell me why. Well, oddly enough, man, that's, that's exactly why I remember I was in Phoenix, it was 2007. And the article came out where Laura Jane Grace announced that she was going to be transitioning. And it, it's just one of those things that stuck with me, you know, you get sort of those foundational memories and reading her just raw experience with things. Um, I, I, I'm passionate about trying to support the LGBTQIA plus community as much as I possibly humanely can, um, whether that's fundraising, whether it's just going out and supporting however, however we can. So Um, that article really stuck with me. It's what got me into against me because you read about the band, you go and check them out. Um, and they were just fantastic so don't lose touch was one of the first tracks I fell in love with I thought it fit perfectly with punk rock and pile drivers man so as we close her out cheers to you cheers to Laura Jane and uh, thanks for having me on man all right we are under one minute thank you again I'm sorry
1: that I I, I, got, I gotta pay to upgrade the zoom because this is this is too good for 40 minutes <laughs> thank you so much for 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 hanging out I can't wait for the next show and I've really enjoyed the the, the, the two shows I've worked on and I appreciate that uh, this is against me this is don't lose touch this is the Punk and Pod Rivers podcast and fuck the US Supreme Court.